three, two, one. The crowd's going wild. Adam just hit the winning point. How many people did that growing up? I used to fucking do that all the time. In the driveway, in the street, wherever the basketball goal was, you do that little countdown. Three, two, one, boom. And then you're the crowd. <laughs> Fuck, man. Good times. I spent countless hours in my driveway or just in the street, wherever we had the basketball goal at the time, and just fucking shooting hoops for hours and hours and hours. My best friend Tony and I, we used to do that growing up countless hours of basketball. There was one time I practiced every day just so I could go to Six Flags here in St. Louis and win a basketball. (laughs) And, of course, you want to do it on the first shot. Shit, first shot. Trying to win, trying to show your skills. Uh. Then you win a basketball, and you got to carry that shit around all day. (laughs) Good times, good times. Welcome to Outside Perspective, everybody. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Real quick, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you are listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review. If you're listening on another platform, please like, comment, leave a review. I'm not familiar with all of the capabilities of all the platforms, so do what you got to do on there. YouTube, please comment on the episode. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. All of these things help. Thank you guys very, very much. All right. I want to send a big shout-out to my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. You can check them out for all of their CBD products. They have a complete line. They have drops, sprays, geese, bombs, anything you can look for, they have it. Uh, Go check them out at jumbocbd.com. You can save 10% at checkout with code IWILL. I've been using their products for quite some time now, and I'm a huge fan of the Muscle Bomb. It makes me feel amazing. I put it on my sore muscles at night before I go to bed. I use it on my joints after jujitsu practice. It's just been game-changing. So go check them out. So go check them out. I think you're really going to enjoy their products. Again, jombocbd.com. You can save 10% at checkout with code IWILL. My guest today is... Justin Staples. I had a really good time sitting down with him. I can't thank him enough for taking the time out of his busy schedule to uh, to catch up with me while I was in Chicago. Had a great conversation. He is a former NFL linebacker. He used to play for the Tennessee Titans. He's currently the business development director for an Illinois-based cannabis company called Revolution Cannabis. They are the largest cannabis cultivator in Illinois. He's also the co-host of the Vault Podcast, which aims to educate uh, the public about cannabis and the many benefits. I had a really good time talking to him about just all the benefits with cannabis and learning more about his journey. Having fought for so many years, it was nice to sit down with a former NFL player where CTE and TBI is very, very prevalent in that sport, just like it is in the sport of MMA. Um, I enjoyed getting his insight and everything that he's doing to help uh, face this issue. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, enjoy. All right, there we go. Justin Staples. Yes. How are you today, sir? I'm good, and yourself? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. Thank you for having me. Yes, so thank you for finding this space. It's all good, man. Yeah, for the listeners, um, I I drove up here to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're sitting down, and uh, a little miscommunication on my part. We didn't quite have the space just yet, but you found one last minute for us to to sit down in. That's good, man. The gorgeous city of Chicago, this beautiful sunny day that we have. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful backdrop, though. It's a little hazy, but still a nice little silhouette of the city, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we were just talking, right, mm-hmm. about uh, just the cannabis industry. Yes. And uh, let's jump in right there because you, you're doing a whole bunch in that, in that scene right now. Yeah, definitely. So uh, 
now I've been with Revolution Enterprises, a cultivator out of Illinois, for about a year now, yeah. and um, I just couldn't couldn't find a better industry I think to get into right now than the cannabis industry, and specifically with Revolution because the things that we have going on are just so massive right now, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But really, just in the space in itself, man. Um, with my prior background as being a professional athlete, uh, I really just see multiple benefits, and you know the socioeconomic standing, and so many different avenues that we can improve the daily standing of society with this industry man and i'm just glad to really be able to have my hand in it right now yeah no absolutely there uh there are a ton of opportunities you know what i mean and uh, we were just talking how everybody wants to get in the business as a cultivator as a grower or a a caregiver you know Mm -hmm. or dispensary like (laughs) that's what everybody wants to do like that's everybody immediately goes to there but Mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities in the ancillary business yeah and i think that's something that's actually kind of getting brushed under the, the rug a little bit that we're not really paying attention to that uh, the cannabis industry is growing so many other industries, you oh, know, yeah. from shipping and and parts and all the different things that it takes to even, you know, labeling and printing and marketing and all these other just facets of what it takes into to facilitate the industry. And it's going to have such a great economic impact on the whole society as we continue to peel back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Canada already legalized it. Yes. And they're seeing great benefits. Yes, definitely. You, you know what I mean? Um there's just so much to be gained yes. from this plant. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. It is. Um, so let's. Uh, you mentioned, you know, in the being in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's go back a little bit. You know, go over your history. So take me back to the beginning. Um, when did you start playing football? Uh, actually, Pee Wee from no, like, no, no. See, I'm not one of those guys, man. As, yeah. as much as I wanted to, my mom was strictly against it. She was like, yeah. no, you know, I'd rather have you in the books. One of those type of things. But uh, finally convinced her when we uh, moved to Cleveland in seventh grade. And uh, my first year playing organized football was eighth grade. And uh, it, it was just uh, – I was a natural at it, man. Um, out there, just played well, uh, ended up going through, had a great high school career out there at St. Edward in Cleveland. And uh, – Got a bunch of offers, ended up coming back down here to the University of Illinois. Right. Um, yeah, man. And then uh, had my five years down there. Uh, it wasn't as highly touted as I would have liked to have been coming yeah. out of college. But uh, I don't know, it just fueled my grind a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, as being an athlete yourself, uh, when people are doubting you, it just gives you that extra motivation oh, yeah. to go in and train Fucking a little bit harder. Get yeah. that fire from exactly, the dark side. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. It's like, okay, you're going to say that I can't do something, so I'm going to go out there and just prove you wrong. Yeah. And uh, got the chance to, you know, to come in as an undrafted free agent with the Browns. Uh, my rookie year, played there, uh, went through two camps with them, and then Tennessee picked me up. and. It had a nice little career after that four more years later and then now we're here <laughs> yeah dude yeah that's uh that's quite the journey that we just went over really fast yeah uh, <laughs> how big were you back in high school because you're, oh, you're six four yeah well about six three six four two forty five last time i stepped on the scale yeah uh but um in high school man i don't know i was always kind of a scrawny kid man yeah. I was, basketball was actually my first sport i said uh, i wasn't able to play organized football until eighth grade but i started playing basketball at a real early age yeah. about like third second grade or something like that and um yeah uh i think probably my measurables going into senior year i, I was probably about same height, six three, six four, but probably a, I was like two oh five. Yeah, really, you know, yeah. lying, saying that I was two fifteen. Yeah, soaking wet. Yeah, soaking wet. Yeah, two oh five, man. So that's just really accredits, you know, the the strength conditioning program that we had down there at U of I at the time, and yeah. uh, Coach Lou Hernandez, who, who's out there in North Carolina now, man. He just took us through the ringer, put us through, yeah. you know, just just what it was to be. Uh, taught us what it was to be a Big Ten athlete, man. And within a year, I gained like 20 pounds pure muscle. It was, right. it was crazy, man. Yeah, you were. I remember that in the right program. You were. <laughs> <laughs> you were definitely going to grow into your frame. Yeah. You know, being in the right program, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was just inevitable. So, so many uh, high school programs do that, right? We all we all lie on our weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to, man. I mean, I mean, because it comes down to everything that you know what makes the world goes around. It's numbers. Yeah. And 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 green. In multiple facets, but uh, yeah. when it comes down to those numbers, you want to see the statistics, and you have to make yourself look as appeasing as possible to right. uh, the million of institutions out there. You yeah. Know? Did you ever? Did you have to go to uh, any camps or anything like that? To yeah, get- man. So I actually came up in like that last little like crazy era where like. T- uh, you know, they could just throw a combine and like a hundred coaches were there. And yep. we, it was before the text me- uh, the text message regulations and things like they have now for the kids. And mm-hmm. I remember coaches would be texting you at four in the morning, like just crazy stuff. Like, you know, it was, and it, it was kind of overbearing, you know, when you're, you, you work so hard to get to that point to being a, a top recruited athlete. 
but then you know you don't realize all that what comes with it and, oh, and yeah. it was a great day when I was able to finally make that decision that you know okay I know where I'm going so I can put all this behind me but uh, as far as all the camps and stuff man that was really what got me to that standing to be able to have that exposure because we weren't as beneficial uh, we weren't benefiting as much in that era as the kids are today from social media now oh, yeah, uh, I have a little brother that came up in the huddle area uh, in the huddle era all he has to do is throw his highlights on the uh, app essentially and every coach across the nation can access oh. it and things of that nature you know we were still out there dubbing VHS tapes and you oh, know yeah. sending them out to coaches and things yeah, of that yeah dude trying to get mailing addresses yeah, so those, and send to put together your exactly, own highlight man, tape exactly yeah, so those those, uh, those camps were uh, a big help like I said I was a, one real big when they had at the Browns stadium actually that I got the majority of my offers from man from Colorado to Virginia a whole bunch of places a whole bunch of teams were there so nice it was cool nice what made you choose uh Illinois I chose Illinois the day before my two a day started my senior year it was something that I just wanted to put to rest I wanted to have the reassurance that if I did get hurt you know going in through such an intensive sport and such an intensive hard time on the body the year as camp is you know like football is uh that I had that reassurance of a back end that I had a scholarship that was going to be honored and then on yeah. top of that uh at the time I was just really I was really sure of my, my answer, and, I, and, and Illinois felt like home. Um, I briefly mentioned it, but I was born in Chicago, although I was raised in Cleveland. I can consider Cleveland my hometown. Okay. Uh, so it was a chance for me to get back close to family and, and, and really grow in a, a, a on-the-field and off-the-field type aspect, you know, because yeah. the academics, you know, couldn't beat it. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> nice. I was just in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went with a buddy. Uh, we road tripped probably, I don't know, maybe – a month ago yeah yeah i got to go to uh it was uh the browns versus the Bengals. okay yeah I'm trying to think we win that one the more brownies win that one browns won. yeah there yeah. It is. yeah they did hey man baker turning it around they uh, i like seeing what's, what's happening with the franchise right now yeah yeah that was a good time and i was so fortunate because uh my buddy's in a uh, fantasy league mm -hmm. and one of the guys bought a box for everybody in the league yeah uh, only half of the people came, so I got to tag along <laughs> nice. and just go watch a football game <laughs> and chill in the box. Man, I'm just like, hell yeah, Can't man. beat it, right. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Anytime I'm in, uh, like, a, an arena or a stadium or something, mm -hmm. uh, if you have, like, really good seats, you, I'm always looking at everybody else and just like, sucks to be <laughs> Right, sucks. I'm peasants, living a high life. <laughs> peasants. <laughs> exactly, And as soon as I'm in the nosebleed, don't look down on right, me. Right, <laughs> what you looking at? What you looking at, man? We got problems out here. Man. Yeah, man. So you went through the, uh, I mean, you really went through the grinder as far as to get into the league. I yeah, mean, man. I, I, I can almost liken it to, uh, from like my experience would be in wrestling, mm -hmm. if you lose and then like early on and then you have to go through wrestlebacks. Oh, yeah. You know, Consolation brackets. So yeah, I'm, I'm going through all that, man. Yeah, like, so it's getting it out the mud. Yeah, you have to grind. I mean, tryouts and, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of that, man. Essentially, man, um, I, I – I got a good position, even though I came in through that way. But um, with the locals workout, that's really what benefited me uh, pretty much. Uh, I think they're still doing them. The, but each organization has the option to work out local athletes. And with me being within, going to a high school within, I think it was like 15 or 30 miles or something like that of a pro franchise, i.e. the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, I got a guaranteed workout with them. They took they, and they liked what they saw. So from there, and you know, and then – Pretty much all you need is that foot in the door. You get on a 90-man roster, and then I just like I can take it from there, you know, because I'm, I'm I've already gotten to that point that so many people said that I wasn't going to get to. Yeah. And then I mean, once once I was inside the the facility, I'm like, hey, y'all yeah. gonna have to drag me out. It's this like, this is home. Y'all gonna have to drag me out of it. Yeah, seriously, so, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool, man. When you go into a place like that, um, you can feel it, and yep. it, it just it just uh, fucking like. It's like electricity, yeah, yeah. electricity. You know what I mean? I um, I got to fight in uh, Scott Trade Center in St. Louis, Sick. and like you walk yeah, in there yeah. and you just walk. I'm just like, man, this is home. Like this is yeah, where I yeah, should yeah, be yeah, at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels so good. I hear you, man. Yeah, that's dope. Um, so you're in the league for six years? Five. Five years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of punishment. Did you get? Injured? Yeah, so um, I always consider myself lucky compared to, you know, some of my colleagues, some of my closest friends that played the game as well. Uh, and I didn't have the same type of structural damage or ligament damage that they did coming out. You know, no meniscus, no ACLs, MCLs, yeah, that's you know, fortunate. no labrums, no things of that nature. But uh, where I did get my dings were the, the bell rung moments and oh, the concussions. Uh, All I had, the time. Yeah, I had two diagnosed concussions, but multiple. <laughs> you I had mean, so many concussions. Exactly, right. I mean, you you learn how to, the thing that they don't really tell you about, or people that we don't talk about as much in impact sports is exactly how many times you know 
how to fight through that moment to where, you know, like I'm, I'm semi-conscious almost, but yeah. my body is still firing and things of that nature. And I uh, had a lot of those, man. You know, playing inside linebacker in the NFL is, is not going to be any small feat. Any oh, small no. task. You know, you're taking on tip-top athletes that are – Oh, my goodness. You know, you're giving up 90 pounds to most of these guys. So. These guys are giants. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, move yeah, fast. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's where the most of my damage came from. Um Luckily, you know, I don't feel as though I, I, I can complain about it because so many other guys have gotten off in, in so much worse shape. You oh, look yeah. at what happened, you know, uh, with Ryan Shazier, and, and which would, what seemed like a routine tackle a couple years ago now. And then, you know, you're facing paralysis issues and things of that nature, and you're yeah, having to battle back with that. It's crazy, man. So I definitely consider myself lucky oh, yeah. in that nature. But um, I'm really using now the cannabis industry to try to find – the, the neuroprotecting qualities that we're seeing presented in cannabinoids and how you can manipulate that to prevent some of these things in the game because I love the game of football. It's something that I never want to see go away. I, I hate the fact that you can't touch quarterbacks anymore, man. Yeah. I was screaming at the TV last week when Tom Brady got the flag, you know, on that little tit-tat touch that uh, I forgot which defensive lineman it was that just barely touched them. But it's just like I also understand the importance and being a, a former football player myself, I, I know the the – quality of life that we're trying to preserve for our athletes going forward right and we can't do that unless we're protecting our brains and it has to go beyond as as great research as we are putting into helmet and equipment technology we we need to advance it on a um medicinal level and this seems yeah. to be my answer at least for sure man i mean there's constant head trauma all the time right yes. so even if it's just a small impact right so you're going in there, you get a tackle. That's that's trauma on the brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's sloshing around in there, and uh, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely it's something I really worried about. That's why I actually stopped fighting. I just I worried about my brain too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? CT, yeah. TBI, it's like crazy. that's real stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? And uh, yeah, like you said, there there are a lot of um, amazing medicinal benefits mm-hmm. with CBD, mm-hmm. and uh, one of those being uh, it helps the production of BDNF, which is brain derived neurotrophic factor it's growth factor for our brain Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so when we grew up we were told that you have a set number of brain cells and that's it it, you know what i mean you lose them and they're gone so Mm -hmm. you know with this you can grow new brain cells it's not in every area of the brain right Mm -hmm. but it's in some areas of the brain you know what i mean so that's that's amazing yeah absolutely so it's yeah it's uh it's an amazing plant you know what i mean um so when did you become aware of kind of CTE and like did you were you worrying about your brain while you're in the league? Or? I wasn't, man. I wasn't. Uh, I think that's just the the uh, the the I guess bravado that you have in your younger age. You think uh, you're, you're invincible, invincible, bro. You know, and you're not really thinking about those type of things. And um, I really became, I guess, aware of it with uh, most other people when the movie Concussion came out. So many people are asking you about it. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie? And all like, I and still stuff like that. that. I still haven't seen it. Because <laughs> I, 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 I think it was because I didn't want to know. Yeah. I didn't want to know what I was subjecting myself to. But um, although I haven't seen it, I have looked into some of the research that Dr. Ben and Amalu has presented, uh, who was the main doctor that uh, Will Smith portrayed in the okay. movie. And then also the studies that uh, Dr. Anne McKee came out with. And I've now dived into, you know, more so the, 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 the studies behind it and trying to see what they're talking about, what's going on, and how we're essentially, if you play up through a high school level, you've been subjected to having CTE. So now really it's the, about oh, yeah. managing the varying levels of it. And hopefully being able to now one day find some way to either prevent, mitigate, or reduce some level of this chemical in our brain. Yeah, it's so hard, especially with a sport like football, right? Because yeah. how old are you? I'm 29. 29, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm 31. I mean, so we, we started, we played football in the same area, right. right? So growing up, we were taught you lead with your face mask yep. and you put it Heads through, up. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now, like, that's not a good tackle. No. You know what I mean? And, um, I mean... I'm so conflicted on that, right? Yeah. Because like that is a good tackle in my mind, but it does put a lot of damage on the brain. It does, it does. Um, and then I definitely get with some of the rule changes. You want to protect the investment, right? You, you don't do. want to. You don't want to hurt uh, your players. You don't want to hurt, especially your quarterback. Very true. Uh, but sometimes I feel like they call the most ridiculous. I, I don't watch a ton of football yeah. these days. I don't watch a lot of sports to be honest with you. I hear. But uh, my girlfriend, she's an avid football player. Yeah. Or football. Uh, Watcher. Yeah, she's an avid football fan. I hear. She's in the fantasy leagues. Nice. She uh, <laughs> yeah. So she makes sure that we w- that uh, we'll watch it and uh, you'll see hits and it's just like it's in it's 
unavoidable, yeah. especially when you're like in the backfield or yeah, like you're the deep, secondary. Yeah, yeah, in the secondary, and they're coming in and the receivers in the air and the the, the like the, whether it's the D back or the safety, they have no option but to to like settle down and frame up and drive through them. And sometimes just the heads like heads hit. Like yeah, exactly, that's, it's still a good tackle. What are you gonna do? You can't prevent gravity at all. Yeah, and that's where you know we are going to have to manage what it takes to actually play the game in the way that we're used to and also finding the ways to prevent what they're concerned about because you're teaching like you're saying you know you have to avoid the helmet to helmet contact but that same thing if i have a free safety breaking out of the post and he's breaking onto a post route you want him to go low on somebody he, he's going to flip that guy and there's no telling what damage is going to happen to Who that knows? guy's head neck and what else as he goes or his tumbling. legs as he's getting or chopped. his legs as he's getting chopped or whatever so it we're going to have to continue to have the conversation of understanding you know how we're going to play the game the correct way in order to get the product that we're all looking for yeah you know it's at the end of the day it's entertainment it is you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. a bunch of high level athletes mm -hmm. um playing a game it's a kid's game that's to, what i always say it's yeah a kid's game. to to entertain a, a mm -hmm. bunch of fucking people yes, it is. you know what i mean so we're paying these people all this money and we're telling them like you're the best at doing this but then we're not allowing them to do that yeah. on that same note so there's just so many different ways it's, to it's look at balance, it you know what I mean? it's about finding the balance and really about seven on seven you know yeah, what I mean? yeah it, you don't want seven on seven although you know scoring puts fans in seats but you also want to be able to have a competitive game. Right. And you're going to take away some of that competitive element if you're going to take away how much people can defend, essentially. Yeah. But that's where, you know, the NFLPA does a good job and the players ourselves and, you know, everybody is really making sure that the true issues of knowing how the game has to be played stay at the forefront. And yeah. there's only so much they can peel back. And we're constantly having these conversations with, you know, the, the the different research groups and, and the outside sources that they're using as well as well as the owners and everybody else. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, man. I mean, you can't have people out there arm tackling. Yeah, man. You can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good, man. Because that's gonna lead to now you're gonna have a million freaking labor room and with orthopedic labor doctors popping up. Because yeah, they're man. gonna have uh, no so much business. He's out there trying to arm tackle everything. Yeah, dude. I had yeah. uh, I had surgery on my labor uh, labor room and rotator cuff in 2016. And, that's uh, a rough injury, man. Dude. I've seen a lot of people have it. That's a rough injury. Yeah. You know what I do, man? I freaking uh, I hang every. I have a hanging protocol. I hang mm -hmm. every day, man. Just from a pull up bar, just dead hang. Mm -hmm. um, both pull-up grip and chin-up grip, and uh, I have no issues with my shoulder hmm. at all. I did hurt oh, the man. other one mountain biking, though, so yeah. being a dumbass. <laughs> These things happen. Right. These things happen. So are there any particular moments that stick out to you where it was like, shit, man, like my bell was really rung there? <sighs> or any times probably where like you're in a game college. and you don't remember it? Yeah, uh, probably going back to college. Uh, we were still in the era where you had the four-man wedges. Yeah. Um, if for those who aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, you pretty much had offensive linemen on the kickoff return team who, you know, a typical offensive lineman and, and the Big Ten is going to range from 285 to 320 and still be mobile. Yeah, not little. And, yeah, not a little guy. Mm -hmm. and you're running full speed 40 yards and your sole job is to be the wedge buster and to just just run break into him and wall, just man. break the wall and yeah. make the ball bounce to make so one of your other guys can scrape over top and make the tackle uh, I had the job I drove the short straw of being oh, the wedge shit, buster dude. that was my first way of getting on the field but you know being 19 you're probably years hyped old to do it though 19 years old red shirt freshman I'm like hand me the smelling salt <laughs> Let me go. Dude, <laughs> I'm out there wide open. Yeah. I don't care, man. I'm, I'm going to do it because I love the game and I'm going to do it. Uh, and just in one of those games, man, ran into somebody and I just realized that, you know, I didn't really come fully back conscious after I, after the initial impact because it was two of the guys or whatever, and I just ran right into the middle of them. Made the play, made the ball bounce, all that. But, uh, yeah, I got back to the sideline and I was just, you know. Dazed. Days like but beyond days, it wasn't just like seeing the stars and stuff. Like I couldn't hear stuff. Oh, like it shit. was like I was out. I was really scared. And you know, he I kind of hid from a trainer a little bit because <laughs> if, they, if they see you in those moments, they, yeah, yeah, they do a real good job of being you know they, they have to protect you know, you. you know checking on you and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a tough moment where I was like, ah, do I really want to keep doing this? But uh, luckily, I didn't have too many more of those because yeah. I was able to to 
have more cognitive awareness of myself on the field and knowing yeah. when to go take those impacts. Yeah. yeah, but it's, I mean, when you make a big play in that moment, it you know what I mean, good. especially when you're so young, good, you have the whole team there. Yeah, man. Yeah, everybody's slapping your helmet slapping afterwards. Your helmet. <laughs> right, which is probably bad. Which is probably bad when you think about it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, dude, it uh, it feels good. It really yeah, it does. does. You know what I mean? It it's does. community. It does, man. It's a brotherhood. It's, it's, you know, it's only those who are – living the same life as you at that time in that same locker room, know exactly what you're going through. And it's something that, you know, you wouldn't trade for the world, which is why you go out there and you risk those things. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's also good when you're able to do that and, and not walk away really effed up, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's definitely a hard sport on the body. Um, oh, dude, I had a question I was going to ask you. Hmm. It's okay. Um, so, in the in like the trainers, right? Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Yeah, that is actually more of a comment because right. you know, as an athlete, if if a trainer doesn't look out for you, like we won't look out for ourselves. Oh, to yeah. be honest with you. Oh yeah, no, I no, mean, no, no. I'm gonna push myself to the limit because that's what I've been trained to do. That's how I'm wired. Yeah. And uh, that's where you know when you're looking into some of these studies, it's you're seeing that the CTE is essentially having the effect of people not being able to turn that wiring off nope. when you're looking at what's happening with some of these off-field incidents and things of that nature. So really it's about helping pre preserve life for everyone if we're able to use this industry to uh, to combat that. Yeah. And, yeah, man, you're, like I said, you're just wired to push yourself to, to limits that you didn't think that you could make. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you don't know sometimes when to turn that off, and, and especially yeah, if you're in the, in, in the game, in the combat moment, in, in, in the match you know yeah it's so it's hard. hard uh yeah i mean you're always just turned on i think of and just in more recent like aaron hernandez yeah. like that dude had a very crazy ass life from my understanding yeah, man, I, yeah it's, it was uh from what i've learned and and how I, I didn't know the guy personally mm -hmm. uh but from what i've seen in the media it seems like he had a it was a mixture of a bad upbringing on top of the fact of now what he's dealing with mentally as yeah, a yeah. effect of having cte and things of these nature yeah and you see it over and over again uh, right i mean junior seau unfortunately you know he killed himself back yeah. in the day and then you'll just mm -hmm. see you'll see these high level um football players do just the most outrageously violent shit sometimes mm -hmm. But, like, what do you expect? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you give these guys a license to run around, like, head first into yeah. each other all the time. Yeah. There's going to be some repercussions. Um, so is the NFL, I mean, I've noticed they've laxed their standards and stuff like that. Um, are they doing any education, or as far as you're aware, like, in the locker room on, on some ways to help the brain? Uh, yeah. So uh, first, uh, in, when, for every game day that you have, you have third-party concussion specialists. I'm not sure exactly what the terms are, but you have somebody that's not affiliated with the NFL or e any clubhouse that's watching the game, and they're the spotters, essentially. So they'll look, and if number 32 looks a little bit dazed or something like that, they're up in the box and they're watching, and they're the ones making the call to say that guy has to come out. So you don't have that bias or that influence of, you know, an organization trying to say, you know, let him stay in a little bit because we need that guy. Yeah. So you have that layer of – specialty uh, on top of I mentioned it before the amount of conditioning and uh, refurbishment that they're putting into the equipment to make sure that it's at tip-top standards every single year uh, you're, you're having the best equipment that you can possibly and they're yeah. putting more and more money and more and more research into it to make sure every single year they're coming out with better and better models mm -hmm. to protect the players going forward yeah um, as well as you know the the emphasis on the heads up game. Uh, we take it from the head, uh, from the NFL on down. It's something that they're really talking about and trying to emphasize even into youth football. What is the heads up? Playing game? heads up and, and, and like you're saying, not making those spear tackles. Oh, yeah. You know, playing heads up, making sure that you're, fake, you're seeing what you're hitting, having your head off to the side off and things side. of that nature. And yeah. they're doing emphasis, emphasis on those types of things. And I remember seeing charts and, you know, things around that talking about you know this is a proper tackle and things of that nature just just little subtle things that you know you're not even realizing that you're paying attention to on a daily basis yeah uh, it's emphasizing the coaching it's emphasizing the culture of the team you know everybody's yeah. making sure and we're on each other and you know guys are talking and making sure it's, it's, it's a real it's a real focal point right now of the game making yeah. sure that you know while we are wired and we're given that license to run around and smash into each other we're they're also trying to make sure that you know that it's a game and we're trying to protect each other while we're playing the game, although we may be on opposite sides of the field. Yeah. And then even going forward, you know, that you, 
still got to be good people in society. You still yeah. got to be good stewards of society because even if you didn't want it or not, you know, people are looking at you and they're looking up to you and yeah. everything that you do is on their magnifying glass. So Yeah, and for the most part, I mean, there's always outliers, but you, I mean, w- once you make it to that level, yeah, everybody wants to win, but it's yeah. almost like we're all on the same team in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, we're all in the NFL, we're all high-level athletes, we're competing, you know what I mean? But we don't have to be dicks to each other. Yeah. Let's compete during this time frame and then after afterwards it's all good. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's always really good. So are they um are they doing anything as far as like recovery education i'm sure there's um yeah uh we have the different specialists that come in throughout camp and yeah. we have different sessions where you're talking everything from finances to what you're talking about uh talking about recovery yeah and, like anything and like cryotherapy or oh yeah they're emphasizing that and guys do that on their own anyway oh yeah guys are sleeping in freaking hyperbaric chambers yeah, and all man. type of stuff like that so uh there's a real big emphasis on the the recovery aspect of it, and every clubhouse is putting as much money as they can into their athletic training yeah. department and yeah. making sure you know you, the whirlpools are up in tip top shape and all the uh, the recovery equipment from the stem packages and all those things. And I, I have no clue. Luckily, like I said, I wasn't in the training room that much, so but all that technology, man, is in tip top shape. Yeah. What do you like to do for recovery? I mean, you still train, obviously. Yeah. I mean, um, what, do you, a, what do you like to do? I'm a traditionalist, man. I'm a masochist, I guess, because I freaking hate cold weather and I hate cold tubs, but that's my go-to. Yeah. Just, you know, even if I'm not in a facility that has one anymore, I'll go to the gas station and get five bags of the big gallons of ice and, you know, and just drop them in my tub, man, and yeah. just sit there and, you know, wait till my body doesn't hurt anymore. Uh, use that. <laughs> and then also now, um, as the program's being able to develop and doing things like that, uh, I got a chance to spend a lot of time out in Vegas. Yeah. You know, they have an uh, adult use market out there. So I got a chance to check out a lot of the topicals and things that you're seeing oh, yeah. come out and the tinctures and stuff that's happening that are on the CB, CBD side and, you know, the one-to-ones with the CBD and THC. Yeah. And um, I've seen a lot of benefit with those because I – I didn't really like the biofreezes and, you know, the oh, yeah. icy hots and things yeah. of that nature because yeah. I, I kind of get that chemical burn. I know yeah. you know what I'm talking well, about. Yeah, dude, our little... skin is an organ, exactly. man. You know, what you put on is what you put in it. Exactly, man. So uh, even though the pain relief seemed kind of similar, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the aspect of not having that when I was trying most of those topicals and things of that nature, man, because it's, yeah. like I said, like you said, I mean, uh, your skin's an organ and don't, you don't want just a rash because you're trying to yeah. recover for something. Yeah, man, I'm very conscious of, like, what I put on my skin these yeah. days because there's just so many chemicals. So much stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much yeah. stuff out there. Yeah, I've, I, I've had a lot of success with uh, CBD topicals, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I use is by uh, Jumbo Superfoods, mm-hmm. and uh, it just has, it's they have a 100 and a 200 milligrams the 200 milligram also has I don't know what's in it I'm going to blank out I'm going to mess it up too so I'm just not going to say but um, a methanol probably is what it is that is that right does that sound right I don't fucking I don't know I'm I'm trying either way either way I've been using that like on my fingers and stuff after jujitsu, or um, I cranked my neck the other day from rolling too much, yeah. and uh, I use that on there. And the CBD feels so good. Yeah, um, and they use all like organic premium ingredients; it's very minimal. So I just really enjoy that. And I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan on the way up here with Ben Greenfield, okay. and he says he likes to put CBD cream on, and then what he'll do is uh, he'll put on like a you know the like an electromagnetic pad from like a stem machine, a tens unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll turn that on and he'll do that with a cold press. And he says when you do the, um, the electrostimulation, that helps kind of open up the cells and it will drive the, like, the CBD deeper okay. into like, your, your dermis, your skin, mm-hmm. and kind of help get, get there even better. So I'm going to try that out. Yeah. I don't know. It was, Seems it was, legit. It was fascinating. Right, I'm such a yeah, nerd about this stuff, I dude. It. I dive into it. Man, dude. that's how that's how you benefit from it, man. The more you know, the more you can manipulate yeah. and, and, and get the results that you want. So that's Yeah, cool. yeah, especially with the brain. So I became obsessed with the brain because, one, fighting. Uh, take, you take a lot of shots yeah. over, over the years. And then my daughter, when she was young, she was diagnosed with autism. So she, it's such a spectrum. And she's not very severe on that spectrum. Like some people, like they can't look at you, they can't yeah. speak. It's, it's, um, it's a very difficult it's way very to live, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, on the other hand, is, is you would almost, I actually question if that's necessarily the right um, diagnosis because she has a lot of those traits, but she's gotten a thousand times better. I'm just really strict on her diet and different things that what I give her. Um, mm-hmm. 
but you would almost you wouldn't even necessarily know. So I wonder if it's just one of those things to where they diagnosed such a wide spectrum because they didn't know what to diagnose, and then in like 30 years we'll find out that hey, this half of the people aren't really exactly. on the autism spectrum. Yeah. We just didn't know what to fucking call it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I just wonder about that. But um, anyway, it sent me down this rabbit hole of mm-hmm. learning about the brain and like what helps the brain. And there's just so many compounds. Like for example, creatine has neuroprotective properties. Did you know that? They did a study on this in like 93. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I can remember who did it. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's one of the safest and most uh, studied supplements out there. It's super cheap. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of guys who lift and whatnot, I mean, that's an easy thing to add into your regimen for your brain. You know what I mean? (laughs) You get very familiar with creatine. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then CBD, obviously, we've been talking about it. That's another one. So, um, yeah. So how did you really get concerned about your brain i don't think we actually answered that question oh uh, yeah so so i mean you you yeah go through yeah. that for me um because of the concussions man my last diagnosed one was in my final camp in 2017 yeah uh and i don't think i asked that question yeah. very well so did were you were you did you talk to somebody that was that's kind of put you down the path of like, hey man, you it might want to try you might want to try CBD. Like this might be a good idea for you. You know what I mean? Like, how did you kind of start down this path of of cannabis and like, what was that spark for you? Is that I hear better you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, sorry to cut you off. No, y'all good. So really, it 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 was a mix of things when I decided to make that last step away from football. Yeah. Because you know when you're going in and out of camp, and like I said, when you're an undrafted free agent like me, and everything is guaranteed, you fall into the with the fact of the NFL not having currently a development league. You have to go all, either to Canada to go play, or you're playing yeah. some other misshapen form of the game yeah and i went through you know just the uh, the same questions that everybody asks themselves like okay i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna get into coaching and what am i gonna do yeah. you know and i end up really thinking about okay well what are my passions uh, obviously football is one of them but how can i be around it because i think that i already knew without knowing that i was done with football before i answered the question for myself yeah and then once i did finally answer that question for myself okay like well well how can i still help guys that are playing because you know i have younger brothers that are still playing and things of that nature and stuff and like i want to give back yeah and i just looked to you know what was the main issue that i saw around me while i was in the league and things of that nature and i just saw that the fact that it wasn't even necessarily just the brain that really got me starting to look towards the cannabis industry it was just the the overall pain management Mm -hmm. Aspect of yeah. what was happening in every locker room that I saw, you know, that yeah. I, I had teammates that were taking, you know, the amount of pills that I hadn't seen anybody besides my great grandparents take, you know, yeah. at one sitting, you know, just to go out and be ready for practice. Yeah. And man. doing things of that nature or, you know, just having to go through every type of treatment and freaking whatever you can think of to try to make sure that your body is in shape to be able to just go either go practice or play the game. And I just thought about, you know, the times that I had tried things before, uh, tried marijuana before and things of that nature. And I just knew that there was some type of healing benefit with it. There was some type Absolutely. of, you know, pain relief benefit to it. So I just started looking up, researching and things of that nature. And then I was just like, oh, well, okay. There's, we're now in the times where there's so much more research and I even realized that was out there. So let me dive head first into this and let, you know, let me see how I can use this to now go forward and help those that are still playing and give them a safer alternative than what we're seeing with all these opioids that are leading to addiction and yeah. stuff that, you know, you're there, the people are vilified and they're labeled certain things when they're, they're failing drug tests and things like that in the, in the NFL, but you don't really know the story behind what got that person to that point yeah. and things of that nature. And I just saw this industry as a way to where I can kind of, you know, get in at this time now and help rewrite that stigma as also while I'm helping those guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. I mean, you, uh, it, it's something, it's, it's one of those, one of those situations to where it, this is something that you're dealing with and you want to make sure that people coming up behind you don't have to deal with the same mm-hmm. issue. So you definitely want to help. And, uh, yeah, the cannabis industry is definitely a good way to go. Um, so ah, fuck, I wrote it down revolution. Yes. How did you get linked up with them? Uh, actually through my lawyer, um, was talking to him and I was kind of in the realm of, you know, like I said, making that decision of what I was going to do post football. And he was like, Oh, what were you interested in right now? And 
I kind of said it to him messing with him because I just kind of wanted to see what his reaction would be when yeah. I said, you know, oh, well, I'm actually thinking about getting into the cannabis industry. And it was actually at the time when my wife and I had moved out to Las Vegas. And he was like, well, you know, well, I actually got a company for you. And I'm like, wait, huh? Like, yeah. oh, I was just joking at first, you know, kind of like just trying to gauge, like I said, yeah. gauging kind of like to mess people with people a little bit because you don't know. Yeah. what doesn't hurt what, You know, no, but it's, it's, it's funny now the reactions that you get when you say this to people or, you know, you say what you're working in and things of that nature. It's, it's either you're going to get that completely unsettling and understanding you know like okay that's that's cool we're gonna get that you know kind of surprise like oh we're doing that now like oh yeah. is that kind of here now okay okay that's cool i guess i'm fine with it yeah or then you get those people who are still strict opponents and they're just like oh well you know come yeah. with this different so it's, it's kind of funny to gauge people gauge people's reactions a little bit but uh yeah. Yeah, so he actually pointed me in the direction of Revolution. Uh, got to meet the CEO before I was working for the company, and just hit it off from there. Yeah, found a mutual interest, and it, it's been great ever since. Yeah, yeah. So fill me in on some of the things you guys got going on with that. Oh uh, well, I, we talked about it before we started today, but we're current. I'm currently hosting a podcast with my colleague John Custer called right. The Vault. The Vault. Uh, yeah, where we're going in and having a lot of conversations like these, and trying to talk to people nationwide about you know the things that they're doing to help facilitate and move this industry forward uh the company itself you know we're one of the top cultivators in illinois in the midwest and we're constantly growing we're constantly looking forward and we're trying to live what our our name is and, and help really you know this revolution kick off right and uh yeah we're we're dispensing all over the state and, and things are great that's dope so you guys are are the growers right yes cultivating. And you're mm -hmm. cultivating it. fully integrated yeah and, and we're dispensing as well mm -hmm. So you have dispensary storefronts as well? Yeah, we're we're in every dispensary out here. Yep. Okay, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're providing the dispensaries, yes. right? Okay, yeah, that's cool, man. Um, do you guys also do, like, extracts or? Yes. Okay. We have a full, full line, line of products. Full line of products. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so and help me with the, uh, the laws here in, uh, in, in Illinois. Illinois. Is it just medical? Yes, currently. We are just medical currently, but hopefully with uh, J.B. Prisker getting there uh, and winning the gubernatorial race, We'll we'll see the adult uses market here. Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully, man. It's just so crazy that uh, we we tell grown folks that you can't consume a plant. Yeah. In your like own yeah. free time. Yeah, and, and it's it's really interesting when you see how that narrative was written and how we got from. 12,000 years ago all the way up into 1776 when writing the Declaration of Independence on hemp paper and requiring every citizen to grow hemp and things of this nature to where we and what we know in society as, you know, this vilified evil drug. Oh, my goodness. And, it, and it's really once you go to the 1930s and look and really realize that we've just been living in about 100 years of this stigma. Yeah. And, and like I said, and then when in the grand scheme of things, this goes back 12,000 years. And we're really getting back more so to some of these these ancient practices that we had and being able to incorporate into society. And it's really good to see things come back full circle. Oh, yeah. Dude, people are going to look back one day and they're going to be like, those guys, did they really do that? Yeah. They said you can't do what? <laughs> it's going to it's gonna seem idiots. crazy. It's going to seem crazy. It really will, man. And for the folks listening, I mean, you know, William Randolph Hearst and Harry Anslinger, um, just all from corporate greed, dude. Yeah, it blows yeah. me away. But we're still kind of living in that yeah, time, we right? Are. We have all of these alternative sources of energy that we could pursue, mm -hmm. yet we still rely on fossil fuels. And, <laughs> and clean coal. Yeah, and clean coal. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Is that, is that an oxymoron? Uh, that was uh, our president's <laughs> yeah. description of how we're going to, yeah. Clean coal. Clean I don't know, coal. man. Listen, I just figure that we have a lot of smart people have figured out a lot of cool ways to do things yeah why are we not pursuing that uh like you said <laughs> because of the the structure and i'm just glad that like i said we're, we're able to now as much as we can you know on a smaller scale fight and and get some of these alternative ways of thinking and even though it's crazy to call them alternative but you know some of these right. these other i i don't even want to call it non-traditional because it's more traditional than the, the yeah. top path that we're in yeah i know it's but, just we have these weird know, semantics these right other everybody's ways, been yeah, told that yeah, getting some of these other ways though to be more mainstream and realize yeah. the place that they should have in our society yeah it's so weird because people will go out and research something that's healthy for them mm -hmm. if you tell them to eat a certain food mm -hmm. or a spice or something or they don't believe that these plants can be a medicine mm -hmm. but they've been medicines for thousands of years like they'll go research that and they'll they'll pursue that with hesit like hesitation mm -hmm. 
But if a doctor writes a prescription for some synthetic compound that was made in the lab and says, hey, take this for the rest of your life, nobody fucking bats an nobody eye about cares. that. Yeah, it man, blows me away. Because of how we're wired. It's because of, you know, the system of what we know to be true. You know, I have the pattern. Oh, I don't feel good. I go to the doctor. I listen to the doctor. I yeah. should feel better. And you don't realize that, you know, a lot of the times that, you know, things aren't getting better. They're just kind of like Band-Aids on open wounds 100%. and things of that nature. And it really takes that initiative of oneself to dive in and find the knowledge and, and really have that internal healing. If you if you want it, if that's what you're seeking, it's all about putting how much effort that you possibly can into finding the answers that you want and not stopping when you don't, when you get that no and things of that nature, or you get that, Oh, well, you know, it's, this isn't recommended. Well, why is it recommended? Right. Well, can you give me the right, the basis? Why is it because of, you know, is it going to kill me? Oh, well, it's not going to kill me. So then what's going to happen and things of that nature. And once you really just, you know, keep seeking your answers. Yeah, man, people just put so much trust in doctors. And the thing is they have not been taught really what health is because our current system is just they manage symptoms mm -hmm. and it's sick care regulation you know what i mean mm -hmm. they don't really try to cure or treat too much of anything for yeah. the most part it's just all right these are your symptoms let me give you a pill mm -hmm. give you a, a steroid cream for this or you know what i mean yeah. and they don't really treat the root cause mm -hmm. and it's really unfortunate but uh, you have to really take a, an interest in your own health and, and learn and, and read. And there's so much free research out there. I mean, there's so much free information. There's no reason that. Free knowledge. Yeah, it's out there, man. <laughs> you is. can get all of the real-time information as far as cannabis and what's going on in, like, the health and wellness scene is all available free on a podcast mm -hmm. or on YouTube, like by the scientists and the doctors that are doing the research that are helping patients, uh, by people like you that are actually in the scene, going to conferences, talking to people, learning as much as you can. The knowledge is out there if you seek it. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any Definitely. favorite places to go for knowledge as far as books or podcasts or what do you like? Uh, I just find a term on Google. Like I just find like, okay, I don't know what limonene means. What is limonene? And the next thing I know, I'm just on like the fifth page of Google. I'm trying to find <laughs> as many scholarly articles as I can and just, just dive in. Yeah. I guess I'm in the new age form of technology and trying to find the knowledge when I do that. Yeah. Um, and like you mentioned before, going to conferences and talking to and getting out to, you know, meet the people who are writing these articles and, you know, really hearing about their in-depth research and what's going on and doing things of that nature. Literally spent all of last year going from MJ BizCon in Vegas to Canacon in Boston and CBD conferences in San Jose and all yeah. over the place, man. So That's cool. Yeah, that's Bet you met some interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> meet some characters, man. It's, that's, I guess that's the good thing about having 7 billion people on this planet, you know. There's not too yeah. many of us that are alike, so yeah. it's cool, man. But as different as we all are, we're all kind of the same, too. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. weird, that's true. this human that experience. True. It is true, man. Yeah, man. We, we all like to think that... Um, like maybe the particular circumstance may be unique to you, but chances are there's probably somebody who's lived through something exactly. very similar. Right, if not exactly like it. That's exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. you know it's always good to keep that in perspective, but it's it hard. Is. It is, man. <laughs> it is. You get so with concerned with the self, yeah. you know, and what's going on, but. It's good to talk to those who have walked that path before, and, yeah. you know, and, and then once you are that one, to be able to reach back and be that bridge builder and talk to somebody, you know, on the other side and be like, hey, you know, yeah. I've been in those pitfalls and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the beautiful <coughs> things about uh, podcasting, yes. right? Um, that's why I like to do, it's a little inconvenient, but that's why I like to do all of these in person, yeah, right? So that I way I can you. sit down and, it's like, dedication. actually <laughs> connect with the person um, because, if I hang up the phone or if I, you know, I press end on a, a teleconference or whatnot, then the connection's over. That's you true. know what I mean? So yeah. I like to actually like sit down and it is more work and I have to be more patient, yeah. you know, but it just is what it is. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. That's a lot. Of yeah. Are you enjoying it. podcasting? I'm liking it. I'm liking it, man. Um, I thought that I always had a, a, a good, you know, I guess, you know, perspective on things. And I wanted to find the way that I could, you know, express some of the things that, you know, I was learning and bring people along on the journey that I'm really having right now, you know, turning from NFL athlete to, you know, now in the business world and things of that nature. And um, it's it's been really cool. 
Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be something that's going to be a launch pad to you know take us to bigger and better things, and we're going to we're going to keep growing it as much as we can. Yeah, well, you definitely seem to be navigating the waters well. That you know that transition yeah. out of professional sports that's hard for so oh, many people. Yeah, man. I mean, because you you got to think like you said earlier, you got guys playing pee wee ball starting at five years old with yeah. one goal in mind, one. and that's the thing. You know, people always say that you know. Uh, you know, uh, you know, only two percent is going to make it to the league and things of that nature and, and stuff like that. But, you know, really, once you actually do make it to that level, you're like, you know, you I guess you get some kind of uh, I don't want to call it. Uh, you get some type of attachment to it. And it's like, you know, now I actually did get past that barrier. And it's like, you know, now I have this belonging here, you know. And, you know, now you you get kind of comfortable in that 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 realm of, you know, this is who I am. I am a professional athlete you yeah. know and then when you take that label away from someone you know you're taking away if they haven't set up or they don't have a diversification on themselves you know you're taking away their soul identity yeah from who they were when they were five years old up until sometimes you know 30 yeah and uh yeah it's um it takes a lot of dedication and you're definitely getting a lot of benefits from it so i know people aren't you know lining up to cry your river but it's like at the same time man it's it's a it's a it's a hard have to, to you know yeah. or hard you know fork in the road to kind of come to but yeah. um, I definitely think you know I, I chose the right direction and and, and it's, it's, it's been really beneficial ever since yeah dude I mean uh getting into a business and and being financially smart and trying to make some moves I mean yeah. that's definitely where it's at so many people just piss away all their money yeah man and then yeah <laughs> like I said you, you got guys coming from nothing and uh yeah not really having that that knowledge and that generational wealth in order or that yeah that generational knowledge to know how to manage the wealth yeah, nobody ever taught them nobody ever even had that much to be able to teach you you know yeah. and then now you go from broke college student to millionaire in a matter of a month yeah, you man. Know, you you're know, you're talking about from the draft process, and you know, once the draft process starts, and things of that nature, and uh, keys you know, to the people, kingdom, yeah, man. exactly, man. <laughs> it, and you're it, a young it, kid. You're still yeah. you're a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. brain's not fully developed until you're 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're a young kid. Like you said, you had nothing. Yeah, and then, nothing to something. And then you crazy. get all this money, and it's like, holy shit, man. Not you mm-hmm. saying you, yeah, but yeah, no, no, no. I just you know. Mm-hmm. You get all this money. It's like, well, you're gonna, you're gonna go fucking crazy a little right, bit. You know right, what I mean? You're right, gonna right. splurge and buy some nice shit. For, I mean, if you haven't been taught otherwise. Exactly. And uh, and you you can confirm this. Um, I feel like I watched a documentary. I can't remember what it was, but are there like vendors and shit in the locker room trying to sell you suits <laughs> and shit? Like, is that is that happening still? Maybe it used to happen. Uh, I don't know yeah, <laughs> that's the thing with some of those because you have like those thirty for thirty going brokes and things of that nature. Yeah, like, man. Uh, the, the the good thing about you know each generation after you kind of benefit from some of the silly crap that happened before yeah. you know some of the rules and regulations are kind of in place because of the crap they did you before. got people going hey but kid you i also know you just got paid this. from that yeah you also <laughs> no man there was never i i can only imagine our our director of security the the, the expression he would have had on his face if somebody was just like yeah i'm trying to sell suits in the locker room that would have been that would have been funny oh shit yeah no they're man. not doing that yeah if that anything, was the wild west days though yeah no if anything you have vetted companies that have uh, access and they have working relationships with organizations and you have time set aside to you know work with people and do things of that nature but yeah there's no salesman in the freaking locker room yeah <laughs> they, that'd be no man that'd be crazy so um so what are your thoughts on uh it was funny because you you said uh work your way all up you know all the way through college and you're a broke college student and so that triggered my thought i wanted to ask you how do you feel about the NCAA and that and that whole process? I have my thoughts. I will share them, but I want you to answer them. I first. got my thoughts too, man. And, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about that? I uh, clear whatever their bias. I mean, I know how it is, and uh, I, I understand the reason why they've been so. Oh wait, where are we taking this first? Because you just said clearinghouse, so we're we talking. The, well, okay, the, so how do you? Are we, feel? We're talking about paying the players and the fact. Yeah, of, man. Okay, how cool. do you know how they? You know, they're fucking making money and they treat <sighs> these kids like shit. Like I said, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm right there with you on it. You have situations to where a kid is making a jersey number so popular to where yeah. some of these stadiums have over 100,000 seats yeah. in them. And that jersey's 85% sold in Walmart, of the Target. people in there might be wearing one person's number. So that means you have 85,000 people all wearing one jersey. Yeah, Each jersey going on average, let's just say between if you're going to average the adult prices with the youth prices, let's say $50 each. 
I don't even feel like doing the math right now, but that's going to be yeah. a lot of revenue generated from one person. And it's only going to be popular in the area of that person. You know, maybe he transcends and, you know, he's, you're selling on him later and later on on and later on in life. Yeah. But that same kid might get to the point to where his stipend runs out between trying to pay a cell phone bill, trying to pay a rent, uh, paying rent, paying car note, paying things that are now considered necessities and, and to being in a, a normal person in today's society. Yeah. He might have 20 bucks left over for the next month until his next stipend comes in. Yeah. And can't purchase his own jersey in the jersey, in the, the freaking fan store that you're now making all this money off of. Dude, he's getting a free education. Really, what are you talking it, it, about? Right. He's getting a free education, but you're, you're making <laughs> 10 times over on that for one on one game there's yeah. 12 on the schedule yeah let alone bowl games and cha- conference championships and things of that nature and like i said it, it's it's kind of going to be one of those things where people aren't crying you a river because they use that you know your free education and i hate things that, of that shit nature. though but make no mistake but you're a full-time athlete you're a full-time athlete you're on an top athlete of student fact, not a student athlete of you're an athlete student you're you have you the requirements are set forth by your sport your your whole schedule is dictated around your sports requirements and then on top of that, you're required to be now a full-time student as well without having that benefit of being able to do what most students can and what they always tell you to do, get a job your damn self because you can't because every single minute you're not in the classroom. Your you're job giving, is an athlete. Your, your job is your being an athlete. Yeah. And that means study hall. That means all these other things that comes along with being that. So I think really they're going to have to figure out some type of way to make it just for people in other sports that don't come from the tip, you know, the, the, the men's swimming programs and things of that nature that are losing numbers and things and things like that. Yeah. But once they're able to figure out the model and how you're going to compensate based off of the amount of revenue that's being brought in. I mean, you can look at just off of the men's football and basketball programs alone. Figure out how to spread that along amongst all the athletes. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, dude, life's not fair. Everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, well, it, it, I hear show you, me a spot in the real world where that <laughs> matters. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for those kids, for that fucking, for that swimming kid, like that free education really is great for him. Like, yeah. He, he, sh- he should be happy. Yeah. To be I, honest. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, I mean, give I just, him a stipend. Help I, I him live. You. Help him live. And I, the, the, the NCAA is already doing a good job at, at that aspect of it. I say pay everybody because I just don't want that to be a, the next barrier once you're able to, you know, because – I mean, obviously, we're talking about mainly the Title IX sports having the most popularity on the men's and women's side. That's men's basketball, men's football, women's basketball, women's volleyball. Those are the ones that are going to have the most fan attendance across the nation at the most, you know, the biggest universities. You have, obviously, a couple of baseball and softball programs that are going to sell out a little bit more. And wrestling programs money, but, but I'm talking about part, on the grand scale. Yeah, if we're talking about, part, you know, on sports. a blanket, we're talking about most part for those And sports. really it's men's and basketball and football for, if, we're, if we're being and honest. And if we're really being honest. That's what it is. And, right, except for the couple anomalies as well. Yeah. But, and it's like and if you if you just leave it to just paying the money-generating sports, then, like I said, there's going to be another barrier because you're looking at, you know, a great wrestling program like Illinois has, for example, or or, you know, Iowa or whatever, and they're like, well, hell, we're bringing in revenue too, so what are yeah. we going to do about this yeah. and things of that nature? Yeah. Well, I think it's just important to understand that not everybody's going to get paid the same. Yeah. Yeah, and figuring out that scale. And, and that's why I say I would much I would much rather argue over the scale of per player or per sport what we're going to do and then, you know, make a blanket either per conference or per division. And, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, at this point, because in that way you're not going to have a freaking argument like, well, this kid at Alabama and they're bringing in yeah. this much money versus this kid at, at, at whatever small institute, you know, up here. And, and I just – I'd rather not argue over those things. It's like, look, yeah. you know what's right and what's wrong. Let's just deal day, with what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, dude, at the end of the yeah. day, I mean, you got, I mean, Nick Saban making millions of dollars, dude. I think eight mil a year or something like something that. Like something like that. Something crazy like that. Where's that coming from? Uh, <laughs> we can we can pay that guy. <laughs> right. You can pay that guy. Coordinators, coordinators at this point are making millions per year. It, yeah. And that's. That's new. Yeah. That's, you didn't that's think nuts. about maybe becoming like a coach or something? Yeah. Or? Uh, that's definitely in the cards, but I think for later in life. Uh, yeah. Right now, my wife and I, we're still, you know, trying to grow businesses and, and grow our residential properties and things of that nature. Yeah. So kind of want to have a little focus on that right now. But I think, you know, further down on the line and when kids do come into play and things of that nature, then coaching them would be a goal. Yeah. Uh, because I definitely will always have that that 
that into that intuitive itch yeah. and, you know playing the, the 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 mind game behind football because it's not just big brutes smashing to each other There's you know a lot of it's a lot of it's, it. it's like chess man it's a lot of you know moving pieces and things of that nature and i find a lot of joy in that aspect of the game so definitely down the line but for right now yeah. i think you know attacking these businesses and getting forward is is really what i'm yeah, yeah. So you're doing some real estate and stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Trying to get into some of those things. Have you ventured into Airbnb or anything like that? Uh, I haven't, man. Some that. of those things, it's getting kind of iffy with the condos associations. You know, they're not really letting yeah, them in and, and things like that. It's, just, it's crazy, man. It, it's it, it, the things that they taught us that were bad when we were kids, you know, like don't talk to strangers on the internet. <laughs> don't get in cars with strangers. I do it all the time. We got apps for those now. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you got Instagram. But it, it's crazy because it's connecting you with people all around the world. But Dude, it's just yeah. like at the same time, you still hear those, those horror stories and what's happening in some of these Airbnbs and, you know, and then some of the, 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 just the, the mess that's with them and things of that nature. So. Uh yeah, we kind of stood stood away from that a little bit. Yeah, I've just heard different <laughs> things. I um I had one guy on the podcast, and uh, he has a few different Airbnbs in St. Louis, but uh, he lives kind of closer to downtown, and he, it's a loft, and he lives there, but he hosts Airbnb mm-hmm. all the time, and it helped him pay for his mortgage like it's super crazy. quick. It's crazy. It's really beneficial, especially if you're in a, a populous area or a, a popular travel destination. Here, holy shit! I dude. mean, here, yeah, you can definitely make a killing. Oh you know, my you God. got three million people in the city alone, and I don't know how many millions visiting per. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so. just the, the people coming in and out all yeah, the time. Man. But, uh, yeah, maybe down the line, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, dude, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I good. really appreciate you sitting here with me. Thank you so much, um, man. The floor is yours. Tell the folks, you know, how can they check you out? I'll put stuff in the show notes, but any of your yeah. socials that you want to plug or anything like that? Except, you know, anything all right, like, you yeah, know? well, uh, mainly you can find me uh, on pretty much all platforms of social media at j underscore staples 57 yeah um and from there you can find everything that i have going on between the vault and just keeping tip top i got a couple other things i'm keeping on the wraps a little bit but okay yeah i want to drop those pretty soon so stay tuned yeah stay tuned all right man hey i really appreciate it dude all right man appreciate you adam all right everybody